going to finish up the outline we started two weeks ago, but I printed out a new one to go with it, all right? I printed out a new one to go with it. So if you didn't get the one that I, I had for tonight, raise your hand. We want to make sure you get it. We, we, the, we're going to finish the last page, the last page of the two weeks ago notes, and then the, we're going to finish it up with this one. How many of y'all have ever been in a conflict before? Amen. How many of y'all have had a disagreement with a neighbor? Or your spouse? Uh, You better say amen right there. Well, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about it. We're going to try to get along. Amen? We need to get along. We've been talking about spouses getting along, husbands and wives getting along. We've been talking about parents and children getting along. Uh, Rodney King said, let's just all get along. Amen? And that's what we're going to try to do tonight. It's good to be here. I'm glad that you're here. It'd be a lonely place without you here, and I'm glad for your faithfulness showing up, uh, having a full parking lot. That's great to see all the time, and people eager. One thing I love about Wednesday night, uh, you're here because you want to be here, and that makes a that makes a huge, huge difference. Sometimes on Sunday, people come because they're supposed to, but uh, those that come because they want to, that, that that's a that's a big deal. Amen. So let's look let's look in Proverbs chapter number twenty five. In verse number 8, did everybody get an outline? Did everybody get an outline? Did anybody miss an outline? We'll make sure you got one. Okay. All right. Proverbs 25 and uh, verse number 8. Go not forth hastily to strive, lest thou know not what to do in the end thereof, when thy neighbor hath put thee to shame. In other words, it's, it's in reference to going to court. Don't take your neighbor to court unless you know the whole story. Because sometimes you go to an argument, you go to a conflict, you don't have the whole story, and it makes you look stupid. That's what this verse is saying. Debate thy cause with thy neighbor himself. In other words, go to that person, go to that friend, go to that neighbor, go to that person you have an issue with, to himself, and discover not a secret to another. Lest he that heareth it put thee to shame, and thine infamy turn not away. Now, Now read this with me, verse 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. Boy, isn't that the truth. Father, <clears throat> help us tonight. Lord, you know, you know what we need to hear. You know what we need to learn and read and enjoy. Father, I really, really enjoy Wednesday night Bible study. And I, I enjoy the people that's here. And I pray as we grow together, as we learn together, we can strengthen ourselves, disciple each other. Shar- iron sharpeneth iron. Help us to... Uh, 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 learn something today that's going to help us be greater Christians tomorrow. And Lord, we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> We're going to look first in uh, the last page of our, our old notes, if you will, our last page of our old notes, and we're going to talk about neighbors and friends. We've talked about parents uh, and children. We've talked about spouses, husbands, and wives, but uh, let's talk about friends and neighbors, getting along with friends and neighbors. Uh, one of the things we need to understand about friends and neighbors is the basis for the relationship. The basis for the relationship. It's always based on love. Say that with me. It's always based on love. Love. If it's not, it's not a true friendship. Sometimes there are relationships based on money. Sometimes there's relationships based on what you can get out of them or what they can get out of you. And that's not real relationship. That's not real friendship. Uh, It's based on love. Proverbs makes it clear that a true friendship is based on love because only love will endure the test that friendships or friends experience as they go through life together. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loveth at all times. Say amen. That leads us into the qualities of friendship. 
That leads us into the qualities of friendship. Now, let's write these down. Let's write these down. What are the, what are the qualities of relationship and friendship that we should have one with another? First is loyalty. Write that word down. Loyalty. That's on your old notes. If you don't have the old notes, I can get them to you later. Just let me know. Loyalty. As that verse just said, Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loveth at all times. A friend loveth at all times. But I want to say something about that. I want to say something about that. Uh, first, don't abuse that quality. Don't abuse that quality. Don't throw up in somebody's face. Well, I, I, after you have abused them and abused them and abused them and, and abused that, that quality and say, well, you're supposed to love me at all times. Well, well, not if you keep cutting their throat. Don't abuse that. Don't bring that up. Don't keep lying to them over and over and over and over again. Don't keep abusing their friendship and then saying, well, you're supposed to love me at all times, no matter how many times. I no, that don't work that way. Don't abuse that quality. Not only that, but in this situation too, uh, be careful. Be careful to thinking, and I need everybody to pay close attention to this because this, really, this is really on my mind. Uh, be careful to, in thinking that inactivity is disloyalty. I know some of you think, what in the world is he talking about? Be careful in the thinking that inactivity or inaction on your friend's part is disloyalty. What does that mean? Sometimes a friend doesn't know what to do. In other words, in other words, you have you've been friends for a long time with this couple. This couple can't get along. This couple decides to divorce. This couple splits up and now you're at here like do I talk to this one or can I talk to this one? Because if I talk to this one, this one's going to think I'm on this one's side. And if I talk to this one, this is going to think I'm on this one's side. And, 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 and we're so wigged out, we don't know who to talk to. And then they get mad and say, well, you're not being my friend. No, we don't really know what to do. So don't, don't take measures and actions in your own life to cause a friend to not be sure and then get mad at the friend because they don't know what to do. Are you all with me? Because that's not really in the friend's manual. Are y'all with me? We don't know. We don't know whether to, you know, have lunch with this one, and, and, and we're, we're trying to be. And this is what we try to do. Uh, we try to say we're going to be friends to both. And how how well does that work, y'all? Y'all been there? Don't don't get upset at people. Don't get upset at people if 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 there is inactivity. Sometimes people they want to do something, but they don't know what to do. Amen. And if that's the case, be understanding, talk to that person, don't talk about them. Go to that person and tell them how you feel. Tell them what's going on in your mind. And you might be surprised at the answer. They may give you an answer and completely explain the situation in the way it is, and it might not be nothing like you thought it was. Amen? Now, loyalty, loyalty. A friend will stick in there. Here's a good description of a friend. A friend is one that walks in when everybody else walks out. Loyalty, amen? Second quality, a friend's always honest with one another. A friend is always honest with one another. Faithful, the Bible says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, Proverbs 27, 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Now think about this. Think about how that, that verse is, is, is written. We associate, we, there's, two, two, there's two groups of people in this verse, friends and enemies. Y'all with me? Say it with me. 
Now, you associate two actions taken in this, but in the Bible, they're crisscrossed. Because when I think of an enemy, I think of a wound. But when I think of a friend, I think of a kiss. I think of affection. But the Bible in this verse says the, the wounds of a friend. Now, wait a minute. It's the enemy to bring. No, no. What does that mean? Sometimes a friend will tell you something that may hurt your feelings, but it's for your own good. But an enemy will lie to you. An enemy will try to manipulate you. They will lie to you and tell you what you want to hear. If I go to a doctor, I don't want them to tell me what I want to hear. I want them to tell me what I need to hear. And you know what? A friend will do that. A friend will be straight with you. A friend will tell you if that dress looks horrible on you. Say amen. A friend will tell you if the haircut is not working for you. Are y'all with me? A friend will be honest. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. True friendship in the Lord can't be built on deception, even if the truth hurts. It can never harm if it's given in love. But that we speak the truth in love. Paul said that in Ephesians 4, 15. Because the Spirit can use truth and love. Say those two words with me. Truth and love to build character. While the devil uses lies and flattery to tear down uh, uh, everything. Relationships, people, institutions, ministries. He that rebuketh. He that rebuketh, the Bible says in Proverbs 28, he that rebuketh a man afterwards shall find more favor than he that flattereth with the tongue. It has well been said that flattery is manipulation, not communication. What honest person would want to manipulate a friend anyway? Amen? All right. Qualities of a friend, loyalty. Number two, honest, <coughs> excuse me, honest with one another. Three, and I'm going fast because I want to get to this other stuff. Counsel and encourage each other. A real friend will encourage one another. Proverbs 27, 9. Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart. So doth the sweetness of a man's friend or a man's friend by hearty counsel. Now, now let me say this. Let me keep reading. The images of oil and perfume are fine when the discussion is pleasant. But what, what's it like when friends disagree? Well, the Bible uses Proverbs 27, 17. Uh, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. What does that mean? What does iron do when it sharpens? It causes friction. In other words, there's going to be times as a friend you don't agree. You don't agree. Now, it's great when you do. It's pleasant when you do. It's wonderful when you do. It's like, it's like perfume when you do. It's a sweet thing. But sometimes you don't. But you know what? Sometimes you will learn more in the disagreement than you will in the agreement. You will learn more about your relationship. You will learn more about your stuff. And sometimes you might even learn that you were wrong in the process. Amen? Listen, uh, what, what am I saying? I'm saying this. Let's learn how to, and we're going to do that in this next set of notes. We're going to learn how to do this. Let's learn to disagree without being disagreeable. Amen? Now, number four, a friend has loyalty. They're honest with one another. Number three, they counsel. And by the way, let me say another thing right here on this counseling stuff. A real friend won't counsel if you don't know what you're talking about. If, if, if your, your friend is facing a situation that you have no knowledge about or you have no expertise about, uh, that you have no, no way of helping, don't make up something. You need to learn, 
you know, you need to learn when to hold them and you need to learn when to fold them. Are y'all with me? You need to learn when to say, hey, I think you need to step up and talk to somebody a little bit higher on the totem pole than what I am because I, I don't think I can help you in this situation. I had a situation come to me today that, 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 that I read, and, and, you know, I didn't feel like I had the ability to help, but I said, I think this person here could help. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in that. And don't get so caught up in, in the advice column that you feel like you can fix everything. Are y'all with me? So in that, be, be careful with your counsel. Be careful with your counsel. But always be an encouragement. Always be an encouragement. Amen? Number four, a friend is sensitive to each other's feelings. A friend is sensitive to each other's feelings. Now, this is not what you think. Uh, I love this. This is one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. Uh, my wife, my wife, uh, you know, she's, she's wonderful. Uh, she's, uh, uh, she's a, she's a, just a, a, a just a, a great everything. I mean, everything great, but boy, she, sometimes she got frustrated. Uh, when we was at the, the other church, I was pastoring the, the, the parsonage the, where they kept the, where they kept the pastor. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> where they allowed me to live. Amen. Uh, was right across the street from the church, and it was it was like on the main drag, and everybody went by. So guess what everybody did every day almost? Stopped by and wanted to say hi. Now, Tammy had her limitations, amen? Uh, and, and, and she got frustrated some, and I think this was her theme verse. It says, you know, remove thy foot from thy neighbor's house, lest he be weary of thee and hate thee. Y'all with me? Hey, sometimes you just you just see somebody, you just get enough, amen? We need to be sensitive of that. Sometimes you can spend too much time with somebody. Y'all, y'all I, remember, I remember sometimes when I was a kid, uh, we'd have friends come over and stay over. We'd go over and stay there. More times they'd be over at our house, and then, you know, we'd be doing good for a while, and after a while, and you spent too much time, we'd be fighting like cats and dogs, duking it out. And mom said, all right, y'all had enough. You spent too much time together. It's time for y'all to go home, you know. And that's, sometimes that takes place. We need to be sensitive to others. And don't be too sensitive. Don't be too sensitive. Now, I, I, have, I have a, you know, I have a ritual that I do when people are at my house and, and, and you know, uh, uh, and it's time to go. I get them and go to bed. <laughs> I figured they'd get the hint, amen? And that frustrates Tammy to no end, amen? You left me in there. You know, she's used to it now, but the, the people that's there, they figured out, amen? It's time to go home, amen? All right, anyhow, that's enough of that right there. I got to tell you this. How many of y'all, how many of y'all remember Brother Craig? Uh, uh, Brother Craig Edwards, the, the older gentleman just preached here on depression a couple weeks ago. God is my witness. He did this. I didn't believe him, so I asked his wife. How many y'all? How many y'all have ever had that person leaving your house or leaving? And they, they'll always say that. Well, you might as well come go with me. How many of y'all have ever heard that? Somebody's leaving your house. And say, Man, you might as well come. You know, that's just some stupid thing we say for some reason and all that. Guess what he did? He said, "All right." He went and got his wife and loaded up in the car with them, and they're like. You're not going to believe the rest. I said, well, did, didn't you get out of the car? He said, no, I went home with him. I said, you're lying. You are lying. He said, no. And I asked his wife. She said, yeah, he did that. I wanted to kill him. 
He said, you know what? They never said that no more. <laughs> Amen. Isn't Wednesday night fun? All right. Now, qualities. Qualities of a friend. Loyal. Honest to one another. Counsel and encourage one another. Be sensitive of each other's feelings. Know, know when to say, hey. And, and, and sometimes, you know, uh, when somebody's grieving, uh, just be there. Just be there. Amen. All right, now let's move to the let's move to our new notes that you passed out tonight. It should say on the front. We'll take the front page and uh, go as quick as we can. I want to try to get all of this tonight. Uh, conflict resolution, conflict resolution. Whether it's spouse, whether it's children, whether it's neighbors, friends, uh, these are really, really practical things we need to understand about conflict resolution. And this is one thing I found out about marriage. Uh, there's no such thing as a marriage or relationship without conflict. There's no perfect marriage. You know, so, oh, I wish I had their marriage. No, 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 no. No, no, not. There's no, there's no perfect marriage. And the good ones, the good ones are not because they were paired right. The good ones are the ones that learned, say that with me. They learned to handle conflict. Conflict resolution. It's one of the most important. I think there's five C's to every great marriage and every great relationship. Christ, Christ first, without a doubt. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, period. Christ is first. Communication, communication is really, really important. You need to keep the way, you need to know what the other's thinking, what the other's feeling, and be able to communicate without getting your feelings hurt or their feelings hurt. Communication is so important. Christ, communication, cooperation, cooperation, or compromise, compromise, whichever word you want to use. If you think the word compromise is too liberal, use cooperation, amen. Then commitment, commitment, it's done. It's a done deal. We're committed. We're in the deal. All right, then, then conflict resolution. Those five, we'll understand those five. I mean, it, and, I, and by the way, I, it was four for a long time. It was four for a long time. Then when I pastored 13 years and done 13 years of marriage counseling and all that, I learned to add one. Conflict resolution. We need to learn to handle this stuff. And, there, and listen, iron sharpens iron. That means there's friction. But the, friction is not always a bad thing, guys. Because friction produces heat. Y'all get that later. <laughs> All right. Conflict resolution. Matthew 5, 9. Let's read this. Blessed are... Let, let's, let's read this. All right. Here we go. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. There are peacemakers. There are peace. Breakers, but then there's peacemakers. Peacemakers are the ones that act like there's no problem. A pre, you know what a peacebreaker is. That's the one that always kind of start a problem. But a peacemaker is one that tries to solve the problem. They want peace. The Bible says, the Bible says they shall be called the children of God. Man, that's so important. That's so important that we see that. We should be peacemakers. We should not be looking for a fight. You know, the Bible says that he that's hasty to, to meddling with strife is like the one that taketh a dog by the ears. Now, what does that mean? You get this mean old dog, and you grab him by the ears, now what you going to do? Now, I've done got in somebody else's business, and now, now, now what, what am I going to do with it? We should be a peacemaker. 
We should be a peacemaker in our relationships. We should be a peacemaker wherever we go. We should love peace and try to make that happen. Now, with that being said, let's look at a few things. Uh, Number one, I want you to see unavoidable confrontation. Unavoidable confrontation. You say, why did you say that? Listen, (laughs) sooner or later, sometime in your life, you're going to have confrontation. And it's unavoidable. Why do I say that? Because, A, people are involved. If you was a veterinarian, you probably wouldn't have problems. Because they're not going to talk back. I, <laughs> Man, I don't know if that's appropriate. Is John Rogers in here? John Rogers, you in here? I heard about a I heard about a pastor who who became a mortician. He said because when I fix them now, they stay fixed. Amen. <laughs> now look, if you deal with people, there's going to be conflict. There just that just is. No matter what, whether it's in family, out of family, sooner or later. When you're dealing with people, there's going to be conflict. Now, why is that? Look at B. Because <laughs> perfection is usually expected. Perfection. We, we expect everybody to be perfect. We expect, and, and it's funny, we don't, never, we don't never expect that out of ourselves. We expect mercy. We expect forgiveness. Uh, we expect them to understand we're not human, but we we expect them to be perfect. And that's just not the case. How how perfect are we going to be? We're made out of dirt, people. And 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 we need to we need to we need to learn some GOI theology. GOI, say it with me. What's that mean? Get over it. Get over it. Somebody said Somebody said the definition of a successful marriage is a union of two forgivers. Man, that's good stuff. Two forgivers. Now, we seek, now, now will y'all agree, will y'all agree with me that, that, that sooner or later in life we're all going to have issues, right? Because we're dealing with people. We're imperfect people. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to fail. We're going to, issues are going to come up, stuff, you know, sooner or later, unavoidable. Uh, uh, number two, let's look at unhealthy confrontation. How do we not deal with confrontation? What is a what is unhealthy confrontation? Because I think we've all experienced it or had it happen to us. What is unhealthy confrontation? A, when we have to win at all costs. If winning at all costs is part of your your confrontation, that's unhealthy. Is is the cost of winning worth the fight? Is the cost of winning worth the fight? I have I have dealt with people. I have dealt with people uh, in person. I have dealt with people on Facebook. I have dealt with people in so many different arenas, and I have found out some people are not going to be wrong. They're just not. 
No matter how much truth you present them, no matter how much that you present the argument, say, okay, this is what the Bible says, but this is, it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter. They refuse to be wrong. They are going to win at all costs, no matter what, no matter the relationship. That's unhealthy. That's unhealthy. Now, win at all costs. Then B. Then B. Here's another thing. Pretend it doesn't exist. Pretend it doesn't exist. That's unhealthy. We think, I'm a peacemaker, so I'm just going to ignore everything. That's not being a peacemaker. Because I found out this, that confrontation, uh, usually in issues that, that, that need to be confronted, they don't go away. They're like cancer. They usually grow if they are ignored, they grow over time. And, the, and, and when they grow, they usually get worse. They usually get worse. So ignoring something that's there, ignoring an issue, ignoring something that's causing pain, ignoring it, that doesn't fix it. That's an unhealthy confrontation. Now, see, whine about it. I hate this one. Playing the victim does not cure the conflict. It just irritates everybody. There is nothing. Well, I'm not going to say that. There is very few things that irritate me more than somebody that's always playing the victim. Getting on Facebook, putting stuff on there, wanting everybody to feel sorry for them. Can I give everyone in here news flash? When it comes to money and everything else in life, the world does not owe us anything. Your neighbors don't owe you anything. Your family doesn't owe you anything. No, we, we, we have this mentality in our world that, that we, we feel like we're entitled to. We're not entitled to anything. And because of that, we treat people that way. And then if somebody don't, don't give in to our request or our wants, then we get angry at them. Really? Whining never fixed anything. I can't tell you how many times I've sat in my office and I've heard people just, and I say, well, here, here's what I think. I think what will help with that. Well, I don't really want If you're not willing to take the steps and the measures to fix the situation, you don't want help. You just want to vent. And you just want to whine. Basically, you want somebody to feel sorry for you. I don't have time for that. And, and you, let me say this. You don't have time for that. Because sooner or later, you're going to run out of people to whine to. And nobody wants to be a whiner, around a whiner. Y'all with me? I know some of the stuff we discuss on Wednesday nights not real, but hey, this is the deal. This is the deal. Uh, let me move along. We're getting quiet on that. Uh, whine about it. That's unhealthy. That's unhealthy. D, keeping score. People who keep a record of wrongs can't ever start over fresh. I like that one saying is at the end of your notes, you know, man talking to the counselor. He said, man, the other day my wife got hit historical on me. 
He said, you mean hysterical? He said, no, historical. She brought up all kind of things. Don't keep score. Because when you keep score, everybody loses. Everybody loses. Uh, E, pull rank. Pull rank. That's never wise. Men, you know my feelings on the word and what I think your role is as a husband. You're the leader. God made you the leader. God gave you the responsibility of leadership. But if you have to pull rank somewhere along the relationship, you've lost the respect of your wife. And if you say, because I'm the man, that's why, I'm the husband, that's why God made me the leader, you need somewhere along the line. Now, all that's true. But if, if you have to do that for her to follow you, Somewhere along the line, you've messed up. So I'm not saying I'm not saying pulling rank here in, in, in a way that you should not be the leader and you should not do those things. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you should be the type of leader that you wouldn't have to pull rank for. And and guys at work, ladies at work, this is the same principle. If you're a boss at work and you you've got to pull rank sometimes, maybe your leadership is a little cloudy because there there are levels of leadership. There are one is position. That's the lowest level of leadership. Is position when people have to follow you because you have the position. They have no. They have. They have no choice in the matter. They have to follow you because you're above them in position. Maybe it's in employment or whatever. I don't want people to have to follow me because they have to. I like that next stage. That's the, That's because of relationship. People follow me because they want to follow me, and they choose to follow me. We shouldn't pull rank when it comes to confrontation. That's the last, that's the last place we need to, to because all that's going to do, that's not going to end the conflict. That's not going to end the confrontation. All it's going to do is postpone it. Because if, if the woman has any sense at all and she's godly at all, she's going to say, okay. But it's not going to go away. Because she knows you did it. You did it. And not because you're trying to fix it. Are y'all with me? So there's going to be created resentment there. Amen. Guys, y'all got a little weak on me right there now. All right. Unhealthy confrontation. Win at all costs. B, pretend it doesn't exist. C, whine about it. D, keep score. Uh, e, pull rank. F, white flag it. White flag it. What does that mean? You just quit. Quitting, now watch this, quitting is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Do you realize every problem you face, every conflict you face is just temporary? It's just temporary. With pre and, and, and let me say this too, by the way, because it, 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 it kind of goes with this. Uh, I had several, several people ask me about the, the page, the, the three stages of child development. Uh, and, and, and some say, well, man, it's too late. I've already got teenagers. What do I do now? And here's the answer. Here's the answer. Prayer and patience. Prayer and patience. Any conflict there is, the right amount of prayer and a lot of patience, God can handle anything. 
Amen? Now, let's look at unique confrontation. And I put unique because so few people are doing it. Unique confrontation. Confront only if you care about the person, not just about the problem. Confront only if you care about the person, not just about the problem. Proverbs 27, 6 says this, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Say that with me. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Say it with me. Now, what does that mean? That means that friend is going to come confront because they care about the person they're confronting. And they care enough to deal with the situation. They care enough to bring it up. They know in their heart, they know in their mind, this friend's probably not going to like too much them being confronted about this situation, but they know it's for their best interest and their best good. Are y'all with me? And they care about that person. If all you care about is the problem, you're probably not the one that needs to be confronting the situation because that's a little bit selfish. All right? B, meet together ASAP. As soon as possible. Ephesians 4.26. Ephesians 4.26 says this. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. What does that mean? It means you can be angry and not sin. See, everybody's got to get this. Anger is an emotion like love. It's an emotion. It's something that God gave. It's something that Jesus did. Jesus got angry in the temple. Made whips, whooped the fire out of them, run them out of the temple. He said, you made my father's house a, a, a den of thieves. It's supposed to be a house of prayer. You made a den of thieves. He was angry at the situation and drove them out. Say, so, well, how, how can anger be okay? Anger in the right way can be okay. What did God give us anger for? To deal with injustice. If we never got angry about anything, injustice would just go on by itself. But listen, anger, why, why do, 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 do we see people going crazy about them, the Syrians doing the, 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 chemical, uh, uh, the chemical warfare and all these kind of things? It's an injustice. And people get angry. There's nothing wrong with getting angry at an injustice. What happens is, is anger is used in a wrong way. Y'all with me? It's used in a wrong way. We get angry at the wrong things. We, we let anger get out of control. Just like a sexual appetite. If it gets out of control, it could cause adultery. It could cause all kind of terrible things. Just like a physical appetite. When we, when, 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 when we overeat and things like that, that causes danger to us. It causes harm to the body. It's the same principle. There are so many things that God gave us that's good for us, but out of control can be very dangerous for us. He said, be angry and sin not. Then here's, here's, the, here's the important one. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Why is it important to, to fix things as soon as possible? Now, it might not be in the heat of the moment, because we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But we don't need to let a lot of time go by before we solve it. Because the longer time goes by, the harder we get on the inside. Because when we've been hurt, when there's been a situation take place that causes us anger, we nurse it and we rehearse it. Say amen. 
then we curse it. And the more time I rehearse something, the better my side looks. Am I right? Come on, guys. And the worse their side gets. So after a while, man, I'm, I'm, I'm Mother Teresa, and they the Antichrist. Right? Let not the sun go down your right. Deal with that person. Go to that person. You know, there's been times, there's been times I didn't want to confront somebody or talk to somebody because I, I was, you know, I was afraid they was mad at me and I was thinking something was going on. Maybe, maybe they didn't speak to me. I got a, a little weird feeling or, or a, a little weird vibe about them and, 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 and all that. And here I am worried to death, worried to death, put up, man. And, and, and every time I think about it, it's getting worse and worse and worse. Now I'm thinking, well, why are they mad at me? I don't know why they mad at me. They ain't got a reason to be mad at me. I ain't done nothing. Then. And now I'm getting mad. Then I finally talked to that person, and it wasn't that they was mad. They didn't even know I was there. They didn't even see me. They were just having a rough day that day. They never even noticed me. And here I let something blow plumb out of proportion, and one little phone call would have fixed it. Isn't that funny? Meet ASAP. Say, man, I need to talk. I need to talk. All right? Confront only if you care about the person, not just about the problem. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Ephesians 4.26, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. need to try to deal with it as quick as you can. Then see, man, this is important here. Seek understanding, not necessarily agreement. Seek understanding, not necessarily agreement. Most of us go into a confrontation trying our best to make them see our side. Trying to convince them that we're right. Did you hear what I just said? Most of the time, we go into a confrontation trying to convince the other person we're right. And this is a really horrible thing for the people that can't be wrong. But what if we step back, we step back and say, like Abraham Lincoln did. Now watch what he said. When I am getting ready to reason with a man, I spend one-third of the time thinking about myself and what I'm going to say, and two-thirds thinking about him and what he will say. Proverbs 18, 13, he that answer a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame unto him. Seek understanding. Why does this person feel the way they feel? Why did this person respond to the situation the way they responded? Is there a past wound? Is there a past hurt in their life that caused them to respond that way? Maybe I don't know the whole story. Maybe I don't know what happened in their life that day when they supposedly blew up on me. Maybe I didn't know that their car blew up and their husband walked down on them and, and they got a bad news from the doctor before they didn't get my coffee right in the drive-thru. Seek understanding. Not necessarily agreement. Don't go into every confrontation trying to win. Go into it to be a peacemaker. Amen? D. D. Agree to a plan of action. Agree to a plan of action. So what do we do? How do we do that? First, number one, clear identification of the issue. 
You would be amazed at how many times. A counselor is basically a mediator. A counselor is one that steps, steps out here and watches it go back and forth, and he has an outside view of the situation. He has no dog in the fight, so he can think clearly because there's always his side, her side, and the truth. I need a witness. So we're, we're watching this thing, and, uh, and uh, it's amazing to me how sometimes we're coming in arguing over a situation and it end, ends up not even being the situation. Let's identify the real problem. Let's be clear on what, what has caused the issue, what has caused the hurt, what has caused the pain. All right, clear identification of the issue. Number two, agreement to solve the issue. Let's, let's agree. Yeah, we're disagreeing, but let's agree on something. Let's start somewhere. Let's agree to come to a resolution. Let's agree to sit down and talk about this thing till we fix it. Number three, take concrete steps that demonstrate that the issue has been resolved. Don't just say, I'm going to get over it, you get over it, let's go on. That don't work. Number four, a commitment by both parties to put the issue in the past once resolved. Man, that's important. Very important. Now, I wanted to go into more detail. I wanted to go into more detail. That was a generalization. Now, let's talk about let's talk about what happens when we're in it. When we're face to face. When we're in the conflict. This is the conflict conversation. Okay? We're sitting down with that person, we're sitting down with that individual, whether it's our spouse, whether it's our child, whether it's our coworker, whether it's our neighbor, whether it's the one we're frustrated with, whatever the, whatever it is. All right, now now we, we, we have done this. We have come together. Now we are, we're going we're gonna to try to solve this thing. We are face-to-face. -face. What now? What now? Does that make sense? Say amen. All right. Here, here's, <laughs> this is really practical stuff. This is really practical stuff. All right. First, if we're going to solve the conflict, if we're going to come to a resolution of this, uh, here's, here's what you've got to write down. First, we've got to get the total picture. Number one, the total picture. I use Proverbs 18, 13 again. He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is a folly and shame unto him. What word in that verse is the most important word in that verse? Come on. Heareth. You cannot heareth if you do not listeneth. Broke King James on you, didn't I? Y'all with me? You got to listen. And I don't know about y'all's anatomy, but uh, my hearing don't work if my mouth is motorizing. In any counseling session, we got ground rules. We got ground rules. And, every, and, and most of these tons of people in here have been with me, so you, you know what these ground rules are. One, one, we're never rude. Because I will call you on it. Number two, we never interrupt the other person when they're talking. When you're talking, you hush. When you're talking, you hush. You will get your chance, and you will get your chance. 
but we don't interrupt the other person while they're talking. And you would be amazed at how people struggle with that one. Because so many, so many couples are so used to being rude to each other. And then they get amazed when I call them on it. She's explaining her side. Let me, hey, hold, hold, brother. Hold up. <laughs> I'm going to just lay this out now in case that bothers you. I'm not the one to come see. Amen. You know why? That's why we're that's why you're in my office. Cause you won't shut up long enough to listen to her side. Or vice versa. Amen? Get the whole story. Before you start fixing something, make sure you know all the information. This man went into this establishment. And the man behind the counter of this establishment, that's PG version, isn't it? Amen. Uh, he said, sir, do you have anything for hiccups? And the man behind the counter had a towel on his shoulder, and he just grabbed him and whoop, slapped him right across the face. And he said, sir, how's your hiccups now? He says, it was for my wife in the car. Uh, he answered a matter before he heareth it. Now, let's be honest a minute. It's, it's Wednesday night. It's just us. We got 13 minutes left. Amen. Let's be honest with each other. How many of us have run our mouth before we got the whole story before? Uh, sister said yesterday. Amen. Too much information, TMI, TMI, no. Hey, it, it never, all, it, all that does, all that does is usually make us look like a fool. I've had it done in my life, I've had it done, and I'm telling you, there's nothing quite as embarrassing as after you showed your behind and you learn how wrong you was. Amen? Listen. Get the whole picture. The only way you can get the whole picture is if you listen. It's amazing. It's amazing how quickly you can solve a problem if you're just listening. Just listening. There are tons of times that people come in my office and, and, and they are talking about their situation. And truly, some most of the time, it's not even why they come in my office. It's the real problem. But when somebody's sitting back listening, and you're listening to all the information you receive, you can, you can clearly see what the real problem is. So, in the conflict, get the total picture. Where my, wherefore, my beloved, James 1.19, Wherefore, my beloved, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. What's the key? What's the key? Say it with me. What's the key? Listen. Number two, timing. Timing is everything. Timing is everything. Proverbs 25, 11, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. 
Proverbs 15, 23. A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season. How good is it? Now, what's the key there? Linger. Now, what does that mean? Now, preacher, you just said you just said a while ago we need to deal with it ASAP. That's true. That's true. The Bible says don't let the sun go down on your wrath. But maybe not in the heat of the moment. The wisest thing to do when you're in the, in the midst of a serious confrontation, it might be to back up and get an ice cream. Because the things are escalating and escalating, and it's at a situation where both of you are emotional high, you can't solve anything. Unless you are cool, calm, and collected, you can't solve the issue. If both of y'all are, are way up here emotionally, you might as well say, hey, let's stop this. We're not going to fix this. We're not going to do anything right here. Let's just take a time out. Let's go get an ice cream. You go get an ice cream, and I'm going to go get a sandwich, or we're we going we to, and, and then we'll, we'll, we'll do this. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, I, I didn't really go by my own advice for several years in my marriage, and, and I'm not saying I'm perfect with it now, but I have found out sometimes it's best just to hush for a little bit. Because if, 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 if emotions keep going this way, if emotions keep going this way, you, you, something, stop, stop. It's kind of like the man that's digging the hole. Put the shovel down, right? Okay, timing. Say that with me. Timing, timing. The word said, listen, you can say the right thing at the wrong time and it be the wrong thing to say. Amen? It could be something that if you say right now, she's going to resent and get mad at you. And if, if you just wait and let things cool down, and then you say it, she might receive what you're saying, or he may receive what you're saying. Amen? Timing. What's number one? Say it with me. Number one. Number two. Oh, you're going to love number three. Tone. Some of y'all need to work on your volume button. I found this out. Sometimes when people have no argument or they're losing the argument, all of a sudden uh, the, the, the volume button, it, it goes out of control. And we have this idea because we're weak in our argument that if we get louder, we will win. Volume, volume is never good in a confrontation. I'm going to give you all a story. The greatest teacher, the greatest teacher ever known to, to, to humankind forever and ever and ever, before or after, as far as I'm concerned, was Miss Brenda Buckner. She was my, she was, uh, uh, my teacher in elementary school and, uh, and just most awesome there. I mean, there's like a, a, a special mansion God made for her in heaven. I'm telling you, it's just unbelievable she's just an incredible teacher and she was a true teacher are y'all with me there's a bunch of people employed that need to go do something else and I don't care if they have tenure or not they ain't teachers but she was a teacher and and we had a game that we were playing uh, it was during the time I don't even I don't even remember what grade it was, but it was it was when we were doing our multiplication card. 
Miss, Miss Kathy, what grade would that be? Multiplication? Third grade? Okay. Uh, and, and we were doing multiplication cards, and, and you know how the desks are lined up here? Well, the, each student would stand beside the one sitting in the desk, and they'd flash that card, and, uh, and uh, whoever said the answer fastest, they won that round. They got to go to the next round, and then the next round. And if you won like 10, you'd get an ice cream. So y'all know I was motivated. Well, we're going, and I'm, boy, I'm clicking them off, son. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. And I only had like one, one or two more to go, and, and uh, it was like the kids were the judges of who, who, who got the answer fastest and all. And, and uh, man, I, I clicked off the answer, and, and, and it seemed like in my mind it was three days later and that other boy said the answer. And they gave it to him. That didn't sit right with me. I got, son, I got mad. I got angry. I, son, I started defending my cause and my case, and they was, they was adamant that he got it first. Now, I, now, when I got mad enough that tears started coming down my face, it's on now. I was ready to fight anybody in the room, anybody that come close. It didn't matter to me. I didn't care. And the whole class knew I was mad. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, I, was, I was going crazy. I was, I was just, and, and you can't do that in a Christian school. Are y'all with me? <laughs> I didn't cuss, but I wanted to. Miss Buckner put her arm around me. We went outside, and you say, why are you going to all this? The Bible says in that verse, a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. She put her arm around me when we went outside, and I, I can remember it to this day. There was a bench outside that, that, that room, and, uh, and I'm, I'm steady pleading my cause. Wide open, tears coming down my face, mad. I'm talking about I done went into the spread Sanford, Amen. <laughs> And this is, this is what she did. This is what she did. Now, most teachers, most of the, in that Christian school, you'd have got a paddling right away. And I probably needed one at that point. But this is what she did. This, God's my witness what she did. She never, she never let the, the smile leave her face. And she said, Malcolm, it's okay. It ain't okay. You know I done it. You know you was back. You saw it. Malcolm, it's okay. About that third time, okay. I'm not exaggerating this a bit emotionally I was so jacked up and a soft answer just brought me right where I needed to be the Bible works people it works but what happens is is we can't control our volume button and it makes it worse. A soft answer turneth away 
wrath. But grievous words stir up anger. Let me, let me be the first to admit, I'm not real good at that. I'm getting better. But I, I, I want to I get that. I want to get that, no matter what in my life. I grew up in my hereditary DNA makeup on the Carter side. When, when we get scared, we get angry. I'm that way, my dad's that way, my brother's that way, my cousin's that way, my uncle's that way, my grandma would beat your eyes out. <laughs> and as the Hulk would say, you don't want to see me when I'm angry. But when you get scared, I remember, since I'm confessing it all tonight, amen. My mom was over at the house one day, and Tammy had a, a, a robe on. And she had come out of the shower and everything, come out of bed, and she had something on the stove. And she, come, and she reached over the stove with that robe, and it was one of them furry, fluffy things. And, and it got too close to the fire and caught on fire. Well, I'm in the back, and they're screaming, ah! You know how ladies and children and women, and they just, ah, screaming, on fire! And I, man, it scared me dead. And I come in hollering, put it, you know? And then it made it worse to tell you, I'm on fire, and you're hollering at me. Y'all laugh like y'all so innocent. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? Reach up for me. Let's reach it, that, that, that volume button. Come on, everybody reach it. You got one. I know you got one. Let's bring it down. I can see it right now. There's going to be some husbands and wives this week that's going to get into a discussion. And one of them's gonna reach up. <laughs> you can take that to the bank. That's gonna happen this week. And then the one that got it done to him is gonna call me. But that's all right, because I got caller ID. <laughs> the next time, the next time someone says something to you in anger, respond with gentleness. Did y'all hear me? The next time someone says something to you in anger, respond with gentleness and kindness. When you do that, the person who spoke harshly is likely to tone down and soften his attitude. There was no way in this world I could stay mad at Miss Buckner. I couldn't. And if we will respond like she did, the person that you think is the worst person in the world, there's no way they can stay that way. If we, why? Because the Bible is true. The Bible is true. Let's get this. I, I'm in overtime. Help me. One more. What was number one? 
Number two. Number three. Number four. Temperature. Good gracious. Now watch this. If the reaction, now watch this now. Stay with me, stay with me. We've got to hurry. If the reaction is greater than the action, then the problem increases. If the reaction is less than the action, the problem usually decreases. Proverbs 14, 29. In other words, in other words when something happens, don't make it a bigger deal than it really is. I found out this, and I've learned this from the best. Brother McCormick is one of, the, one of the coolest guys when it comes to conflict resolution. And he said, son, stay cool, calm, and collected. Say that with me. He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding. But he that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly. Proverbs fifteen eighteen: A wrathful man stirreth up strife. But he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. Proverbs 16, 32. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. Ecclesiastes 7, 9. Be not hasty in thy spirit to, to be angry. For anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Ooh, that's big time. What's the key, people? Look at your neighbor and tell him, lighten up, brother or sister. Three things. <clears throat> it's happened already. No. Here we go. Three things. Quickly. Hurry up. Hurry up. I'm, on, I'm two minutes over time. Here we go. Here's some keys. Let the past remain in the past. And all God's people said right there. Number two, really, 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 really important. Never let the situation be more important than the relationship. In other words, never let winning the argument be more important than the relationship. Number three, this is the one that's hardest for everybody. Admit wrongdoing and ask forgiveness. Admit wrongdoing and ask forgiveness. Pride is awful destructive, people. Now listen, how many of y'all enjoy Wednesday night Bible study? All right, here's what I need you to do. I need you to tell five people this week about it. How many people? Don't, don't shaft me now. Don't shaft me. I need you to tell how many people? Five. Five people. Now, I will know. I will know by the attendance next week 